from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Goedemorgen, dit is Frieda Bakker met My Tiny House NL en je luistert naar Tiny House Podcast. Good morning, it's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Good morning, this is Michelle. Wow, wow, wow. And this is Mark. <laughs> and we're rocking today. It's 90 degrees in Portland, Oregon. And I am in the middle of the beginning of building my tiny house. It's actually not a tiny house. It's a it's 160 square feet built into or incorporated into the back of the garage. So it's more like a... More like a love bunker. A love bunker <laughs> for oneself. <laughs> So what is your timeline and what is your budget? $10,000 is the budget. And the timeline was supposed to be two weeks, but our contractor, oh, contractors, (laughs) he made promises he couldn't keep. That's new. That's the first time I've ever heard that about a contractor. (laughs) Said no one ever. Exactly right. (laughs) Oh, when he, when he, when we first got into our relationship, he was like, now you got to make sure that you're here all the time because if you're gonna if if I show up and you don't and you're not here to help do the work, it's gonna cost you more. It, like like I wasn't gonna be there, and the last two weeks I've been there every single day waiting for him to show up, and he just hasn't shown up. Does he mm. not respond to like messages too? Yeah, his wife or my wife is like, you know, this guy was supposed to have this thing done by this Friday, mm. this coming and he hasn't Friday, started and really. we haven't even started. Does he have a performance clause in the deal? No, no, that's the, we'll see. Well, it's not my deal. Number one, <laughs> okay. number two, um, Bridget's just starting out as a business person, so she doesn't know all the details of putting together ironclad agreements, contracts. Hmm? Right. So, what percentage of your ten thousand dollars is contingency, and which percentage is hard? It's a lot. All of it's soft. Okay. Just I wondering. said ten thousand right. dollars, and then Bridget was like, "Well, let's see what happens." Oh, okay. So, so she's hoping for like. <laughs> 2500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> We've already spent that <laughs> on materials and the composting toilet. That's exciting, actually. It is pretty cool. That's really exciting. Yeah, it's, we'll see how it turns that's ox- out. That's awesome. I was really excited. Do you have a name for it yet? I'm sorry? You know how everybody names their. Well, you want me to call it the doghouse. I still love I, I it. I kind of like the title. Okay. House. Actually, that's, that's pretty good. Actually. And I think even if you like spell it really uniquely in a D-A-W-G. different language or something. Yeah. Well, Maybe that's like a little husky. <laughs> that's a little huskies ish. Like a foreign language word for dog? I wonder what, what's, what's it in. What's, what's dog the Dutch in Dutch? What's the word for dog? Frida. Frida. <laughs> what is it? Hond. Hond. Could you spell it? Hond. H-O-N-D. Hond. Oh, hond. 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 The hond house. Like truffle honden. Hond house. Hond house. Hond house. Hond house. How do you say house in Dutch? House. Oh. <laughs> 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 the hond house. It's the hond It's house. such a hard language. <laughs> Frida, welcome um, to the well, Tiny House Podcast. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And... Um, your claim to fame is you are a tiny house globetrotter, apparently. Yes, I ended up being that. Yes, and it's fun, but that's what I'm known of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us about your journey. Your journey began in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. Back in 2013, I think that's when it. I think every tiny house peep in the process of building their tiny house has one moment. I think where something just 
comes together and, and you start the process. And for me, that was the end of 2013. And um, a few things came together for me. Um, wanting to change jobs, um, not being happy with my too big home, basically, and wanting to change things around and basically changing my basic needs. That's, that's, that's my main reason to go tiny. Um, so I have the space and, and, and the ability to, well, do things that, that I'm basically doing now and going back and forth between, um, two continents and stuff like that. So that, that's when it hit me. And, um, from that moment on, I, I slowly started growing into what do I need to do? What do I need to change? And yeah, initially I wanted to build my home in the Netherlands, but that changed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, I wanting I want my home to be built here in the United States now, mm. and I'm talking to a company to do that, a factory, and I will follow that build. Um, so I will swing the hammer too, and I will put some social media around it, so to say. I hope I say that correctly, mm -hmm. and um, and show people that you can have um, a manufactured tiny house. And it's still customized. It, it's, it, it, it is my design. I designed it. And it is in the factory right now. What would have been the difference? I want to ask you about the job that you hated, but I have another question that's more interesting. What, <laughs> what, what, um, what is the difference in your mind between having a tiny house built here versus in the Netherlands? Um, well, first of all, the tiny house movement is, is, is um, further ahead in the whole process uh, than it is in the Netherlands. That's, that's, that's one thing. Um, but to me, I haven't looked at the differences per se. I just want to be here and I want to have my home here. So I have to find a way to do that. And so I end up in this situation. Why, why do you want to be here? Well, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> last, um, uh, um, I visited the Jamboree, tiny house Jamboree last year. And that was, that was my first uh, visit to the States. And um, I came home and I suffered big time from a holiday vacation blues, so to say, and <laughs> that didn't pass. So it didn't go away. And um, I felt like the things that I did um, in Holland, the flow was gone. The energy was not, no, not the energy was gone, but just the flow was gone. I, I talked to people, to magazines about my project and, and to companies and they were all enthusiastic and it wasn't that. It was just a matter of s stupid, simple things like not being able to, to, get, a, a, to get to an appointment, just s stuff like that. And the flow was just gone and it happened every single time. And it w w we would say... If, if it was like the devil was playing with it, that the, that would be a Dutch saying. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, what happened is that everything that was international um, oriented um, basically came my way. I mm -hmm. didn't have to do anything for that. It just Tiny House magazine showed interest. They wanted articles. Um, um, Darren Saruba asked me to, um, to be a speaker at the Tiny House Jamboree this time. Um, to be in the Turning Tiny book. So all those things at the same time happened and the flow just um, crossed the ocean, so to say. And um, yeah, that's, it just happens and I, I, I feel at home here and I make sense here. So that's the process. A lot of people end up 
in it seems like the people we've spoken with have ended up in that kind of situation where providence or circumstance just kind of put them into this place that guy who does the uh, stoves was talking about mm. that when he was destitute living on a sailboat and having to heat his sailboat for his family and then ended up making is it the kimberly stove mm-hmm. yeah the kimberly very stove. good unforgettable yeah. fire roger yeah unbel- unforgettable fire. you almost forgot Almost forgot. So I want to yeah. circle back. I'm turning tiny. I want to update the listeners on what exactly that is, and we'll talk about your chapter a little bit. Turning uh-huh. Tiny was um, was is a hardbound coffee table book that that came out of the first Jamboree, which was in 2015. Uh, there are 60 contributors. Um, it's divided, I believe, into six different sections. And I've read your chapter and. Um, it's amazing how much commonality we find um, in the tiny mm-hmm. house movement. And one of the things that really yes. rang true with my personality and my journey and yours, um, th- again, that I discovered while reading your chapter in Turning Tiny, um, is the square peg in a round hole. It's that companies hire us because we're strong and we're confident and we change things and we question the norm and we push our boundaries and then we're there for six months, and then they're like, oh, about that? We, we really didn't want you to do that. So can you comment <laughs> a little bit about, um, again, sort of feeling like a square pig in a round hole, jo- both from a um, professional as well as a cultural perspective? Yeah, and, and, and maybe you need to help me out here with redirecting uh, me on the topic with questions. Um Oh, where to start? Why don't we start well, with, let's start with where you're, where, why you um, didn't fit at work, why you didn't like your work. Well, it's, it's, um, I think it's just me. And that's, that's probably the best answer that I can give you. And it's the most fake one too. What was your work? No, no, no I, I hear you. Um, um, I just have to go back to that, 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 that time period, I guess. It's, it's, it's not natural to me uh, to work and live in a system uh, that does, doesn't feel natural to me. And to me, um, most of the companies out there, at least in Holland, um, but I think it's a worldwide thing, is um, a lot of organizations are, uh, for example, fear-based. They, they are afraid to hire people because of the economic situation. They are afraid to do this because... And they, they all work with... Um, um, well, it's it's almost a statistic balance. What could occur? What could happen? And they um, they use that in their management, and th- that in itself is is I mean, um, there's nothing wrong with it, but it creates uh, a culture and an atmosphere uh, um, where I do not feel comfortable in. It doesn't work for me. I I um, also with the whole process of building my own uh, tiny house or have my own tiny house. Um, I choose trust over fear and that's a process in itself Mm -hmm. and it's a challenge and it's something that you face every day. Um, You are in a situation, what do you do? Do you choose fear? Do you choose trust? Mm. And following my heart in this process and that to me is trusting and um, that's my, I feel natural state of mind maybe or my natural being and, 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 I think I'm I'm almost convin- convinced, not just me, I think that is um, the blueprint of 
almost everybody. And um, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm aware of it. I, I don't know what it is, but I respond to um, a fear-based organization. I, I don't feel welcomed. I don't feel, um, um, I don't, I just don't feel comfortable. And um, to me, it's an old fashioned way of doing business. And it's an, I think those things will change over time too. And, I, and you probably already see that happening um, in society just as an overall um, view, so to say, helicopter view. When you look at society, these things happen around us. And um, that's, that's probably the most, um, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what happened for me. And, and it doesn't matter if I'm in this company or in that company. And at a certain point, you, you sometimes just need money. So I had a job that was fear-based um, um, in its organization, but I needed money. Um, I had fun with my colleagues, so I just focused on other things. That's something that changed within me too. So it's not that I am not able to work within a fear-based environment. It's you choose other things and you you focus on other things. And and uh, but yeah, I find out I'm I'm. Um, I like to go my own way and I like to do my own things. So I started my own business and that works well for me. It's interesting that you say these things, Frida, because I think, I think Michelle and I would agree. I know I, I agree with what you're describing here with the mm -hmm. traditional workplaces. When I was at Intel, it was a, in my opinion, a huge fear-based work, workplace and people mm -hmm. were on pins and needles all the time and decisions, um, I can't say all the decisions were made based on fear, but some of them, at least at the at the department or the group level, were often made based on fear. Maybe not strategically, mm -hmm. although they should be because the last <laughs> the last decision where I'm familiar they made with the basic peak was a dumb move. Anyway, um, but but I think Michelle also had some experiences with with leadership who make decisions based on fear, and I think you're right, Frida, that people these organizations that are of the let's call it the old school world view. Mm -hmm. are needing to change because people like you and people like us and Mark has never really been worked for a large organization. He's basically been himself. Yeah. Time, I mean, right? doing startups for 20 years yeah. and it, what uh, the things that kind of challenge me aren't really fears, they're challenges. Yeah. So there's different, a different set of rules in a way too, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. I think what I wanted to really just point out at the very is is your initial response to my to our questions was well I think it's just me, and <laughs> I I just wanted to point out that it's not only not just you. Um, I found a lot of commonality with your story. Uh, yeah. It's not just I you, agree. but I think in general, and again, there's no matter how far we venture out of the tiny house the traditional tiny house movement, we find a lot of commonality with people yeah. um, that love living in unique spaces or unique scenarios or working. And they're not, um, they're not comfortable with the status quo, including big houses. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. They so. want to do something that's more aligned to who they really are. And I think this movement is, and others are bringing people face to face with who they really are and realizing that, Hey, this traditional way of living just doesn't fit me anymore. And I can't, I can't tolerate it. I can't be, I, I can do it for a little while, but it, if I keep doing it, it's going to kill me. 
in some mm. yeah or it, it's at least a compromise that you don't want to live with any longer and, yeah and michelle what i like about what you said in your chapter in turning tiny is um um it's not about the tiny houses and that's something that i've been repeating quite often as well it's um i mean if you want to live in a big home be my guest it's it's there's no judgment from from my end uh on the size of the home that you live in. It's just that um, I think it's important that we are able to uh, choose what fits us. And um, based on the current rules and regulations in housing, that's limited. Yeah. And uh, I think that the, the, yeah, the, I like the word, the human scale. Um, and I feel that we should be free to to choose what fits us so we can live the life that we see fit so you can you have your basic needs taken care of and that's something that i talked about in the in the chapter um and and to me it still is a, a, um, a topic that doesn't uh, show up a lot is that those basic needs if you if you can't take care of those basic needs or you worry about those basic needs your income the head above your head of the roof above your head, stuff like that. If if you're worried about that, it takes a lot of your focus and attention, and it will um, it will just basically keep you in that place, and won't help you to thrive and and grow and and feel free to 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 see what else is there for you to explore and to learn. And um, because once you worry, that takes all that takes up all of your energy and and it makes sense because it's your basic needs how can you thrive if you don't even if you if you're not even able to survive so that's the first thing that you have to take care of and by by um that's what i like about the movement and that it is really a movement by opening up the housing market because that's it people are able to choose um more freely I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that we have to get rid of all the regulations out there for safety reasons. Some agreements and some should be made, um, but at the moment it's just it's cramped. And and I think we need to open it up to to, yeah, to have people thrive again. We need that. Yeah. I agree. It's it's cramped like a second story in a tiny house. <laughs> <laughs> Bend over or hit your head. Exactly. Well, it's yes. funny because I think what you're describing too here is not to totally you know jump the rails, but uh, our current political climate. Yeah. Where you know there's a fear-based side of things mm-hmm. going on where a large group of people feel left out of the system, and they're yeah. trying to blame politicians or immigrants or other things for their current situation mm-hmm. rather than exploring freedom and things that they can do to change their own situation. Well, it's interesting because what, in response to that, I would say what Frida is saying is spot on because those people are in fear. Mm-hmm. And when you're, you're in fear, you're not taking care of your basic needs. And yep. then you start lashing out trying to take care of your basic needs. And one of those most basic is safety and security. And those people, you know, they feel that they're not safe and secure. And, and if so, somebody's selling that fear. Yeah. They're There's gonna, people buying. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very easy to jump on. Yeah. And um, yeah, 
I'm not quite there yet, but um, my as far as I'm not quite there yet from the perspective of I'm, I'm not living in my tiny house full time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I still have some kids to finish. <laughs> 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 Baking in the oven. That's her way of saying they're half baked right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. But, but however, um, <clears throat> I yes. had this conversation a couple of times yesterday and it was just, it just lights me up every time I think about it that all of my expenses right now for my tiny houses are just, I mean, Everything, insurance and space rent and utilities and everything is just over a hundred dollars a month. Wow. Oh wow. And and I like I <laughs> and I tell awesome. people and I'm like Congratulations, just, thank Michelle. You. Let's don't forget that. Okay, I, continue. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. No, I like I could work as a barista yes. for Starbucks for twenty hours a week, which guarantees you full benefits, mm-hmm. full medical benefits, right? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like that's all. My needs would be covered. I would have more than enough money, obviously, to cover my $100 a month in housing expenses. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have car insurance and cell phones and everything. But I'm just like, oh, wow, that, that can't happen fast enough. So we talked, you, you mentioned a little bit about trust. And that is there is a certain amount of trust associated with the tiny house movement and trusting that it's going to work, trusting that it's going to work out like you want it to, that it's going to be eventually yeah. uh, legal and just a great place to be. It's so fun. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead, Frida. Go ahead. Well, what uh, what I'm thinking of now is is something that Alec Lisevsky told me last year, that during his project, um, uh, his tiny I believe, he 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 mentioned um, that he did not expect there to be so much help and um, uh, people want to jump in because they they see that it's. Well, maybe not even a good cause, but it, you're passionate about it. People want to reach out. They want to be a part of it because it's such a nice energy and it's such a nice um, people take control of their lives and people want to be a part of that because they, yeah, maybe they want to do that too. And he was overwhelmed with, with the help and he, he really had to open open up to that because he wasn't he wasn't used to it. So, And that's something that I would like to add to what you just said, Michelle, about about um, the trust thing within the once you start with the process of of, of your tiny house and and for me um, in particular I, um, I I always say that my tiny house I'm not towing my tiny house my tiny house is towing me mm. and um, it's I mean ever since I I, I um, started with it things just um, showed up <laughs> and things just came my way and it's such a different energy and once you take back some control i think that's the key that you 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 don't want to sit back and wait for the politician to change this or that you take back control to the level where you are able to take back control and yeah i think that that's a magnificent start and it's a change of perspective that changes probably everything it's a radical change. I mean, what Michelle just described is like, it's almost as if, and I know you're not, you're not from the United States, um, Frida, but Mm -hmm. in the United States, we have this thing called the American dream Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, you know, this big house and the family and white picket fence and a piece of land and cars and luxury items and all that. Mercedes, European vacations. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) it's like that dream is really a shackle. 
Yeah. When you consider the debt that's involved and then the maintenance of the stuff that you've got and then the, the fear that you have that your car is going to get dented or your house is going to get broken into or, you know, how am I going to pay for college for my kids and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's a and, huge weight on your shoulders. Yeah, it's a huge weight. And, and so it puts you in that kind of fear spot perpetually, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But now what what this movement is representing for so many people that we've spoken with is this l- new level of freedom that happens when you're mm-hmm. when you don't have a huge mortgage over your head or although as this this movement mainstreams there are going to be people who are making payments on their tiny houses but mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for the pioneers at least for now you know like yes. Michelle whose housing expense is a hundred dollars a month all in yeah, in a amazing. paid off house in a paid off house that's gorgeous yes. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. An, ex- an expression of who you are instead of this cookie cutter you know spec home it's yes. beautiful this whole thing Maya, yes. uh, a very close friend of mine here in Portland, um, mm-hmm. she reached out to me, I don't know, maybe even five months ago or something, um, saw an article in the Oregonian, contacted me, said, can we talk about tiny houses? We met at Huber's here in Portland, um, of course. Um, did you have a Spanish coffee? I did. And quite predictably, <laughs> we ended up talking <laughs> about composting toilets in like the first 10 minutes of mm-hmm. our conversation. Perfect strangers sitting in a bar talking about poop and in a tiny <laughs> house. It was funny. But she actually, uh, what's really exciting right now is she takes possession of her tiny house next week. Oh, wow. Um, she went from literally entertaining the concept four, five, six months ago when she and I first met. She hired a builder. She did take out a loan. But at the same time, she what she used to pay in rent uh, will now pay off her tiny house in less than four years. Wow. Nice. So, nice. yeah, she does have payments, but she's going to be paying. It's not 30 years. Right. She's going to be paying way more than her minimum you know, amount. And it's a beautiful top of the line, you know, um, 24, I think 24, 26 foot tiny house. So, yes, even the ones that um, do end up with payments and loans still end up with this very doable, you know, it's, it's still going to be paid off, you know, before she's 50. I well, think. F- financially too, it's it's really financial services wise, a, a mortgage on a tiny house is different too, because, you know, with a 30 year mortgage, even a 15 year mortgage, those things get packaged up like investment opportunities for institutional investors. Mm-hmm. And who's going to package up a bunch of tiny house uh, mortgages they're like 30 to 80 grand no one's going to see any value in that especially if they could be paid off in four years well because yeah the, the point in the other is debt lifelong debt yeah and uh, so ha- do you know michelle how she got the loan yeah how she get it's, the loan? that's not a traditional loan i assume it's no it is an rv loan and it um, was a bit of a it was a bit of a stressor um so when she contacted the builder the builder put her in touch with their quote-unquote financial partner huh. who this is an rvia certified builder gotcha. um it's so they had an rvia loan company basically yeah. she applied for the loan she got approved and then t- about three days before they were scheduled to start building, the bank called and said, oh, by the way, we've decided we're going to get out of this style of loans. So no. good luck with that. Mm. So she then applied, I don't know, probably six to 10 other sources. And then the builder, of course, called their financial partner and said, what are you doing? You're killing us mm. here. Yeah. So they changed their mind and they took on the loan. But again, they're still even amongst the what you would almost consider to be a traditional RV loan there's some trepidation associated with the new reputation of tiny houses. Right. Well, this is where, where what Frida was talking about earlier about, in my opinion, with, with the movement, about the difference between being moved by fear versus trust. Yeah. And, it, and when you're, I think when you're talking about something 
has earned the title movement, there's a certain momentum behind that mm-hmm. um, that is deterministic in some sense that it's def- it's definitely going to happen. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people in the tiny house movement just have this feeling of almost like manifest destiny to mm-hmm. coin a term from U.S. history. It's like mm-hmm. this this is the way at least some component of human civilization is going to go. And because it's much more a human, how did you say it, Frida, human scale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, I, I think because of the fact that it's a movement and it's um, evolving and um, um, professionalizing too, and that's what I like about going back and forth, that I see that, that process happening here in the U.S., the tiny house movement is professionalizing. And um, some may fear that as in, yeah, but now money comes in and stuff like that. But to a certain extent, you need that mm-hmm. if you want to grow as a movement and be uh, a partner to talk to to banks nationwide and to to have um, them open up the gates to people to, to, to finance their home if needed. And to make them legal. I mean, at some point you yeah, need to exactly. have a professional front for the yeah. legal people to pay attention to you. Yeah, and maybe it's still not, it, it, it still won't happen uh, uh, within um, uh, the city limits and, and downtown. I mean, but I don't know. It, to me, that's, that's, that's not an issue as long as I'm able to, to, to have my own home that fits me. And um, of course, safety is important. And I don't want to drive my uh, tiny, uh, I don't want to hold my tiny house. Um, on the 285, um, being afraid that I will lose my cargo and <laughs> and get somewhere with just a trailer. <laughs> I, w- I want it to be built to to a standard, and and so I know that it is safe, and that's the, one of the reasons why I don't want it to build it just myself. And and why? Well, you ask that question: Why do you want to build it here instead of Holland? The reason I reached out to America is because of the knowledge here. There, I was one of the first. Uh, to start this whole project in Holland and I uh, there wasn't anything um, for the first nine pages on the search results um, with Google for example in Holland or yeah yeah exactly and and even in 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 Europe the the information on how to build what to do how to attach it to the trailer what all those details that knowledge that it's not it wasn't it wasn't there and people were trying to figure out ways to do it. And I thought, well, the knowledge is already here on this earth, but it's on the other side of the ocean. So it's one of the reasons why I reached out and, and, and uh, wanted to go to the tiny house, Jamboree. And, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm very glad that I did. So you packed up and you brought yourself to the other side of the ocean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is, towing, is towing things on, big things on trailers uniquely American? Yes. Oh yes, and for example, <clears throat> sorry, we have um, uh, just the weight restriction. Most countries in Europe, um, at least in Holland, we can um, we can't tow more within a certain driver's license. We cannot tow more than thirty five hundred kilograms. That's a little over seven thousand pounds, mm. and. Um, mm. So that's a tiny, tiny house. That's not much <laughs> at all. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> all. <laughs> no, my so, um, my 1964 yeah, glamper weighs sixty three eighty. So uh, <laughs> wow. oh, oh, and she's tiny. <laughs> yes. Well, so but we don't end up with tiny, tiny houses. Um, the ones that are out there are between six and seven meters, and that's like 
um, 18 to 21 feet. Oh. Um, uh, but we have to come up with different solutions uh, within the walls. No heavy plywood. Um, we use different materials. And so there is, a, there is a challenge. And that's the funny thing. Here in America, uh, the movement can learn from that. Because we face different challenges and we come up with different solutions that may be helpful for here for the movement here too. So, yeah, we 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 cannot build very um, um, heavy. Is that what you would say? Yeah. Are the roads different in your like narrower or? or? You have to drive on the other side, oh, I, I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just are England. In the road. <laughs> we drive on the safe side of the road. No, just England is <laughs> driving on the left side. <laughs> See that shows yeah, you how an issue with your tiny home if that, you have to be on the other side of the road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is how no. culturally stip- like stifled we are here in the United States. Well, you think big. If I order a, a, a small coffee in in one of the famous coffee places, I end up with a huge cup in <laughs> uh, for for Dutch standards. So yeah, there is a difference size wise with anything uh, regarding the United States. And but no, the roads are they have the same sizes. We do not, um, for example, um, eight feet. That's probably the most common mm-hmm. uh, width. For most tiny houses on wheels here in the United States, there, there's no difference there um, in Holland. Okay. But, yeah, you have huge RVs. I mean, yeah, the first time actually. that I, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's like a monster is approaching you when you see it coming to <laughs> us. <laughs> so, um, so Frida, since you've been here, yes. have you fallen in love? With the country, yes. <laughs> wow. That's sidestepping the question. Good sidestep. Nice. Wow. And a good answer. She's probably practiced that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I did not. It just oh. came out. Okay, great. Um, so you have no... I'm going to pry a little bit. But you are prying. I am. Yeah. So you have no personal relationships going on? No. Oh, no. cool. No, I'm here <laughs> and I'm... Uh, That's cold. I, oh, well, cold. no, it's, 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 it's one of those... It's interesting because it's one of those, I think... Um, culture edge pushing ways of living, you know, to to not be. She's so definite. It seems like, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay that I don't have a person, and I'm happy with that. Are you going to live in your tiny house by yourself? Well, yes, and and the the fun thing of it all is that I am um, the tiny house that I want. Um, I'm not even sure if I will live there full time. First really? of all, because I go back and forth between Holland and oh. the United States at the moment until I have my visa, but still, still then I will probably go back and forth. At least that's my wish. And I started this all being single and, um, not thinking of it as a, yeah, would you say that? Well, you just want to take care of yourself. And I, I, I recognize what Michelle told in her story in the book. Um, you don't want to rely on others to have, have your basic needs covered. Um, and I had a mortgage. Um, I, 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 I had a relationship, uh, uh where we bought a, a, home, a home, we had the mortgage, we had, we had all that, we had a car, we had a loan for that and stuff like that. So I've, I've been there and done that. Um, but this is, this is so I can take care of myself. I don't know what will happen. Mm. And, um, uh, it's not that I want to stay there my entire life in the tiny house being a hermit. 
I mean, I'm open to 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 what comes along, and if that's uh, if that's a relationship, then I'm open to it. It's just a matter of wanting to take care of those basic needs myself, and 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 it's doable in a tiny house. Mm-hmm. Thank you for uh, mentioning my chapter in the book. It's just really rewarding to um, put my story out there and to um, to know that someone read it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that someone's read it, but you're the first person that actually mentioned it. So, oh, um, and it again, it looks like we have a fair amount in common. Um, his, yes, you know, we do. As far as our our path to tiny, um, yeah. But I, you know, again, I I think I joke with my boyfriend. I think the closest we'll ever get to cohabitating is I'm going to park my tiny house in his backyard um, <laughs> and have your woman cave. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she said that so strong. Woman yeah, yeah. cave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. How do you say female dog in Dutch? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds weirdly American. English. How do you I say? How do you say "bitch" in Dutch? Yeah, how do you say "bitch" in Dutch? We probably would say "bitch." Oh, okay. Oh. Like 10 years yeah, old. we use a lot of English words, and <laughs> and we say other words that start with an F and end with a K and have a U and a C in between. We probably say that more than you do. So. <laughs> so it would be "bitch house." Bitch house. Bitch house. Yeah. Bitch yeah. House. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Make home, that be our house. From Quentin Tarantino. It's a bitch house. <laughs> <laughs> the female dog house. Yeah. <laughs> bitch cave. <laughs> bitch cave. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound nice. No. 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 That's why mine has a nice flowery name. <laughs> a nice yes. flowery name. Well, so so let me see. Let's. Where's your schedule? So you said you're returning to Netherlands next week. Yeah. Um, and you indicate you're going to keep, do you have family, presumably family in the Netherlands? What, what sort of keeps you going back or we know what keeps you coming back to the U S. Um, (laughs) so, um, talk a little bit about, uh, uh, your schedule and, and what's, what's next. Um, I already have a new, uh, ticket. Um, October the 4th, I will be flying back to the United States from Holland um, so I will be basically a month, a little over a month, I will stay in Holland. Um, and at this point, I'm still a visitor. Uh, it's not an official visa, but it's, um, it's, it's called an ESTA, and it's valid for two years. And within um, what I can do is basically stay 90 days in a row, max, in one visit. Um, so that's what, what, I, what, I, what I'm doing. And yeah, I have to go back to arrange some things, and I want to visit friends and family and I'm looking into um, uh, a visa, an investor's visa in this case, and I will try to, um, uh, well, I, I want to be in the green card lottery too. Um, so yeah, th- those, those things are on, are on my mind. And when I'm here again, October the 4th, you ask about my planning, what I hope, but that depends on the factory too, and uh, depends on my own project too, is what I hope is that I'm able to um, have my home in the queue in the factory um, mm. during those three months. Um, it's in South Dakota, and I will uh, probably spend a month over there to be there and to um, be actively involved with the build. Um, yeah, and I'm excited about that because it's new for me too, and, and it's my home, it's my design, and I can see it come to life, and I have all the certified helpers that I need. And, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and I want to... Um, 
um, I want to follow that proce process probably with video uh, and a YouTube uh, channel and yeah, see what happens. Cool. Where do you, um, you said you started a business. What is your business? Um, I started my tiny house is actually my business. And um, the, the, I gave myself the freedom to do other things than just writing and, and speaking about tiny houses um, because basically I also need a little bit of money. Um, um, so I helped out my friends at the farm and I milked their cows. Oh, yeah. actual milkmaid from, yes, from the Netherlands. I, uh, oh my God, Mark, that's awesome. <laughs> I gotta be my mess Well, it's something. I, I, am, I, am, um, I have a bachelor's degree in uh, advisory, agricultural advisory. And oh, I wow. did it for, uh, for a couple of years too. Um, and I've been a manager of an eco-center uh, with a little farm and stuff like that. So I have, a, I have an agricultural background. Um, hmm. And I had to milk cows during my internships. And uh, because it's part of the, well, hands-on experience. So to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you didn't do that. You didn't do that by hand. You used those mechanical. Yeah, utter... the machine. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. But you see, yeah, it's, it's, I love working with animals. I always wanted to be a vet, oh, a veterinary. And, um, but that too. didn't work. Oh, really? Oh, that's, <laughs> oh my God. I applied for veterinary school when I was, um, I think 18 years old, 19 years old. And at the time in the States, um, being a female veterinarian was, was pretty rare. Um, and they actually had, they only allowed, um, I think it was one or two female students per year, wow. actually. Oh my gosh. And what year was that? So 1985. Oh my God. They only allowed it. They only wow. allowed. Yeah. crazy. Well, the, the, there was a lottery for me too. Oh, this is, this is yeah. funny, Michelle. There, there was a lottery, like only 20% 20, 20 um, of all the applicants were allowed to uh, go into um, the veterinary wow. school, the, the, yeah. the, um, yeah, the college. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I was, I was, uh, I wasn't one of them. So I went to an, a different university uh, for a year, uh, almost a year, um, and I realized I wanted, I wanted, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who just, I don't want just theory. I want to have, I want to know where it's about, what it's about, and I, I need practice. Um, uh, too. So I, I, I went to college uh, for the agricultural mm -hmm. advisory stuff. And yeah, that's why I learned how to milk cows and I could help out my friends. So I did and I loved it. How do you, how did you uh, end up without using any names? How did you end up, what was the process you used for selecting your builder? Um, the thing that, that, that one of the first things, um, I wanted to build it myself first. Um, and then when you get to know more and you, 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 you see other builds, you realize, am I able to do this? Mm -hmm. And also not just able to do it. I mean, you can learn. There's a lot of information out there on YouTube and there, there are great, um, uh, courses online that you can follow on where to use, which screw and stuff like that. Um, so the information is there, but I found myself not being drawn to go through that process of learning it all myself. And my ego wanted it because after you finish your build, you can honestly say, whoa, I did it myself. Mm -hmm. And it was a big deal for me and to me. And I had to let go of that because do I want to spend a year, maybe two years going through that? Um, and while I, I am much more drawn to um, networking and, and, and writing and stuff like that and still be involved because I like, I like to know what my 
what my house is built of. So that's, that's the first step probably um, that triggered me to look into help um, with my build. And I initially, uh, because I met someone at a tiny house jamry last year, um, he was, um, uh, he said, well, maybe I can help you out. Um, so initially I went with that, but things changed. Um, I didn't decide on it anyways. And, um, well, I met a different builder and, uh, I got to work, uh, with them on other levels too. Um, I can't say names, can I? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. No, they, I'm she... trying to work my way around. No, that's okay. You but can you, you can use names. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but um, uh, for me, what changed is is that I truly believe in manufactured building, and I never thought that I would say that when I started um, with the project. Um, and the reason why is that once more people want to live smaller, and once regulations start to change. We cannot rely on those few do-it-yourselfers and uh, smaller builders um, providing us with tiny houses and small dwellings. Um, it's it's you need a, some some sort of mass production, and um, it's not just that. Um, what I like about it from a sustainable and I don't like the word, so let's change that immediately from a more natural building material. Uh, point of view most of the times those building materials which I want to use in my home are so expensive not because they're natural or um, uh, have gone through some certification of being sustainable and stuff like that most of the times it's because those um, uh, the is you call it volume of scale I mm -hmm. believe scale yeah yeah it's just off Mm -hmm. the, the, all the, it's not efficient, it's too sm uh, uh, the market is too small, and all of those things add up in the price. Mm -hmm. And you end up with ridiculous expensive materials. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe if you buy bulk and if you do volume without uh, negotiating uh, McDonald's-style prices with the producers, I don't want to go there, um, but have it more in a more e efficient manner. I mean, if you have a factory that can build smaller dwellings and homes and tiny houses, um, they, they have that, um, they have the possibility to change the price because of that. Yeah. And I think for people who wish to have those products, that's very helpful. You really get affordable homes, not cheap, but affordable homes built to a, a standard uh, so you know it's built safe. It's it, you know um, that you have a have a uh, a better price for it, and you don't have to take a year to two years to wait for your home. So that's that from my, it's efficient, and I like efficiency, and um, so yeah, that's that's how I got into um, building it in a factory instead of building it myself. Cool. Well, Frida, this has been a wonderful um, hour, 45 minutes or whatever. Um, yes, I agree. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, and uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you. And I, I loved, I enjoyed being here. Yeah. And thanks for all the questions. Good questions. So oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Okay. And listeners, uh, we're going to be, oh, no, no, yeah. never mind. Yeah. The next person we're going to enter. Oh, we don't, are we going to? Jeremy Weaver. Who's Jeremy Weaver? With Michelle? Wind River Tiny Homes. Tiny <laughs> oh. homes made out of wind and water. <laughs> I think I actually saw one of their, were, were they at the Jamboree? 
I believe so, yes. I think I walked through one yeah. of their, their houses. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, an- another builder we'll be talking with. Fantastic. Maybe we can talk to him about building at scale. All right, Tiny House listeners, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>